this is probably just about the best thing that I could be doing. And it's like, imagine if I had to go and do something that wasn't this. It's like, oh, I got to make a funny video today. Like, shucks. So um, I think that that's the thing is just like, it's like, this is the dream in a lot of ways. When I built websites after having a bad day, nobody at the end of the day was like, good job, man. Like, that's great. Or like, you really made my day. No one said that. Yeah. And, and I knew that I was changing things, but I never really felt like I was making an impact. It was just like, and I've, I've used this example before. It's kind of like, I felt like I was building a brick wall. It's like, you need a brick wall. We need brick walls. And like, that's great. And like, you know, a well-built brick wall is just like, that's a great job on that wall. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. Nobody, nobody, nobody said, thanks. It didn't make anyone's day. It didn't, it didn't utilize all of the magic that I always felt that I had. This is episode number 186 with Bobby Sausalito. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a fun, value-packed episode for you. Our guest today is Bobby Sausalito. Bobby is a comedian, commentator, and internet personality, most notably recognized on Instagram at his uh, handle, at Take Naps, <laughs> and his satirical videos about politics, the economy, current events, real estate, and other topics he covers have connected with a massive national audience craving for the opportunity to laugh. While Bobby makes light of the conspiracy theories, political disasters, and the divide in this country, he sprinkles in messages of personal accountability and entrepreneurial lessons, blending real life value with the power of laughter. In this episode of American Snippets, Bobby shares his story of how he found himself on this path and the lessons his entrepreneurial success have taught him as well. We actually recorded this episode before the inauguration when conspiracy theories were exploding online and the military is being called in by the tens of thousands to turn our capital into a mocked up combat zone. So if you're a fan of Bobby's, you'll enjoy the opportunity to get to know him more in depth than his online videos might allow. And if this is the, if this is the first time you've actually heard of him, you'll be pulled in by his openness and definitely want to get to know him more. Bobby brings added value to this interview with concisely packaged lessons in entrepreneurship and financial freedom. So I hope you tune in, listen in, and enjoy. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Bobby Sausalito. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. Very, very excited to be sitting down here today with Bobby Sausalito. I said that right, yes. I should I always always ask before, but not this time because I was too excited. I just jumped right in, right? Like, <laughs> like a kid who wants to get into that pool. So I jumped. Uh, Bobby, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. I have long been watching your content online and absorbing it and feeding it and popping in and out, sort of like when I need it, I know it's there and I can go get it. And then I just mentioned to you the other day, uh, I was just really struggling because, hello, it is a crazy time here. Um, and one of your posts popped up to me, like somebody sent it to me and said, this girl needs to see this post right now. And I laughed my ass off and messaged you immediately. <laughs> said, I love it. I love it. And said, Bobby, thank you for this. So let's talk about... For somebody who may not know who you are, you're a comedian. You describe yourself in a couple of creative ways. I'll let you 
you describe that, you know, yourself with your flowery descriptive language, but um, you're a comedian and I believe you're, you're a real estate investor. You flip houses, you do all that stuff down there in Florida. So I'm, I'm really a web developer. I have invested in, I invested in a house and, and flipped it as kind of just a, as just a project. Um, yeah. But it, my, my real kind of background and passion is I'm a web developer. I build and manage websites. I own a few websites and that's what I've done for 13 years until I kind of came across this path, I guess. Yes, which is a very interesting zag to take from a zig from a from a website developer. Usually when you're developing websites, you get to you don't necessarily have to do too much interaction like publicly, you know, so much with people you get to be behind the scenes and make your fortune there, but you really did zag and I do I definitely want to get into that too cuz I'm feeling I'm sensing an interesting story on how you on how you made that that zag. Let's talk. So you're in Florida, you're doing website development. I went all the way back on your Instagram page and it, it took me a while only because I love to click and watch all your videos for people who may not know Bobby. He has an Instagram page, Bobby take naps. I'm going to find out what, what that story is too. Um, on Instagram, but you can pop in Bobby Sausalito and, and he'll pop up and you do really comedic satire on current events, which I suppose if you're like, someone who just despises Trump, they probably despise you. But if you're someone like down the middle of the road or a conservative base, you're going to laugh hysterically. Or if you're somebody who like despises Trump, but has a good sense of humor and just enjoys laughing at things that are not funny, um, you know, you may have an open mind and give Bobby a chance because your audience eats it up, begs for more, and you continue to deliver. Way back in 2013, when I saw it was your first Instagram post, you didn't start off like political commentary. No, definitely you, not. You were on Instagram. It was like grumpy cat. It was parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, you know, I did a, before the first, um, one of the, I did a big podcast in Vegas, like a month after the account first kind of started getting popular. And I was, and I was chatting with the gentleman, uh, his name is Shane Vitko before I did his podcast. And he was like, dude, I was going back in your content and like, he was like, you're like kind of a chew. She's like, this stuff is not, he's like, you need to get rid of this stuff. This doesn't even make sense. And it was like pictures of a tree and like just my personal life. When I started the account, it was just a buddy said that you should get on Instagram. It was 2013. I said, yeah, right. So I took pictures of like random stupid stuff and it was my life. Um, it wasn't until the account started becoming popular for this specific thing that I said, you know, anything that's not really related to this or not relevant in the event that someone was to go back kind of should be archived and I should try to focus it on all of that. So I didn't start this with the intention of it becoming this. I certainly didn't see the path ahead of time, um, but I did go back and remove things that were kind of not relevant. I left a few things kind of like for nostalgia purposes, like at a cool thing or whatever, but um, that's why it looks like that. Like some breadcrumbs for somebody trying to research you, say for a podcast interview. Sure. Yeah. The the thing is, is like uh, you know, yeah. I I built websites for thirteen years. I was a an internet entrepreneur. That was kind of my thing. It it always has been my thing. I love building websites. And in in August, I in August I had a video. I had like fifteen hundred views at the time. I made a video on August twentieth, the night after the first DNC, and it got something like fifty thousand views in twenty four hours. And I was just like, oh my God. So I was like, could, could I do it again? So I made another one and that one did 40 something thousand. And then I said, I'm about to just make one every day until the election and see where it goes from there. And like, here we are four, four months later, there's 31,000 followers on Instagram, 12,000 on Facebook, over a thousand on YouTube. And I had 2,500 on parlor that got zapped. And you know, it's just been kind of, kind of growing on its own. 
Yeah. And I feel like that's going to continue to be the case because I could be crazy, but I also feel like the absurdity happening is not, it's not like we're just going to wake up this week and say, oh, it's fine. There's nothing else to, to right. uh, you know, comment on or make fun of. It's going to be like yep. boring business as usual. I just, I just feel like that's not going to be the case, Bobby. It's, it's not. <laughs> that's the thing is what yeah. I've always, what I've said in the past is like the comedy is the absurdity. I don't even have to make the joke really it is the joke you're just like wait and i remember the one thing that kind of brought me to all of this is i'm just like is anybody else like is anyone seeing this because i'm seeing this and it's insane and that was that to me was the humor is like just venting how ridiculous it was is the joke it's like i don't even have to work for it it's just right there yeah and i saw when you're first uh political like you started to go political and this is like and then you can kind of match up like okay this is what was happening at that time and this is where he said and it's it's like fun to see I guess fun, right? I wish I sort of wish like we didn't need you, Bobby, right? But I know, right? we do, <laughs> but we do. Um, so it's fun to see the evolution to kind of match it up with things happening on, you know, in the real life timeline. It was your one the other day about the conspiracy theories that had me like rolling. What's the live the live stream? I had just uh, no, I don't, I don't, I didn't catch it live, so I don't oh, know. Um, was it like forty five minutes? Yes, forty five minutes yes. longer me going nuts? Yes, and I watched. <laughs> Yeah. I watched the whole thing and I sent it to my friends because I was like, I was, it was the day that I just, somebody sent me one more and I was like, shut up. <laughs> I, was like, I, know. Like, I can't do it. And then you came on with that and I was like, okay, I'm not the only one suffering yeah. from conspiracy theory fatigue. Like, yep. It, yeah. It's, it's all about trusting the plan and trusting the yeah. Q message board drops and all this stuff. And I was just like, if another person sends me something like this, I'm going to lose my, lose my head. And the, the unintended backlash of that is it's funny because there's a lot of people that follow my content that really, that really are like, like Trump and Pompeo are going to like rappel out of a, out of a Black Hawk <laughs> helicopter on inauguration day and just like cuff to like cuff 400 members of con I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe, but I don't know. I don't, I like, I don't think so. But maybe. <laughs> so it's just like, I got, a lot of people are like, you're not trusting the plan. Like you're with Biden now. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus. They're like, you're with the CCB. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. It's just like, well, all right, I'll see you guys on Wednesday. And like, hey, I, I really hope you're right. But I mean, I don't know. I, that's why I keep saying. I'm just like, maybe. I guess, right. we'll, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I saw your follow-up post on that. And I figured that was some of the backlash you were getting. And I get that too. And I get you. Like, you don't want to make fun of the people because at the core root of it is everybody's just hoping and clinging on to some hope that some accountability and something will start to make sense, but it doesn't just doesn't feel like that's where it's going. What's, what's your prediction? Now this interview isn't going to air till after January 20th, by the way. Ooh, so fun. Um, Interesting. So you'll get, you're talking to future self. You're talking, talk to Bobby one week from today, which is, you know, post inauguration day. What's yeah. the advice you have for yourself? We'll play back for you next week. Well, <laughs> well, as, well, advice for myself. I mean, well, yeah. I guess, I guess I, I've had, I've accepted the fact that I think that, that first of all, there's so much information that it's hard to know what's true and what's not really true. So I, you know, I try not to get too emotional one way or the other, and I'm mentally prepared for either, either outcome. I think that it's probably more likely that I think it's probably more likely that Biden's going to get in. I think that it's likely that probably a lot of the things that that the message boards and all these people are saying, like, I would wager that like literally none of them come true. 
And it's, it's unfortunate and it's sad because I really wanted all these people that are supposedly doing all these bad things to, in theory, come to justice if that's what it even is. But it just all, when you add all the pieces up and you kind of realize that you've been placing false hope in this thing, it's just like you don't want to end up disappointed when, when the time comes. And I, I started listening to some alternative perspectives and I realized, like, you know, this actually doesn't really add up. It's like you really want something so bad that you're willing to turn the blinders on to anything that goes against it. But I think that it's highly likely that pretty much none of those things will come true, that Biden will get in and that we're going to have to buckle up for four years of like really just not good things policy wise. Do I think it's the end of America? No. Do I think that, you know, all is lost and the world is garbage? No. I mean, those are jokes that I say. Um, but I think that if I had to give advice, it would just be, um, you know, keep focusing on the things that you can control and, and understand that, you know, there's been a lot of horrible political times in other nations around the world throughout the history of time and, and countries turn them around. And, you know, this is, this is no different. And there's a lot of really smart, patriotic, intelligent people that are very awake and aware. And I just hope that all those people that have been believing those things don't get completely disenfranchised by it and that they still believe in all the same things that we began, believed in since the beginning. And I think that, you know, maybe Donnie was like the, was our, like, uh, you know, our fearless leader, but you know, we're going to have to, unfortunately, we're probably going to have to find another one and we don't know what the future will look like, but you know, it will be, it will be positive so long as we, you know, keep fighting the good fight, I guess. Yes. I love that. I learned, uh, the absolute hard way took me a lot of hard lessons to learn exactly what you just said. When you, when you stake, you, you attach your own well-being and your own version of success to an outcome that you have no control over. Yeah. You're really just setting yourself up for just colossal disaster and making mm -hmm. it so much harder for yourself to respond when that moment arrives and that thing happens that you cannot control. So uh, it doesn't make sense to do that, although it's, it is a hard lesson. As much as you're sitting here saying that, I could tell you all these stories about what happened to me when I did that, unless, uh, unless somebody's either willing to accept that lesson and consider it and ponder it, or they've experienced it themselves. There's probably a lot of people who are attaching themselves. Just like four years ago, we saw all those people shrieking and wailing and crying in the streets, um, you know, when Satan was elected to office, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> according to them, yeah. uh, because they had not prepared themselves for the outcome that they're, that they may lose. And so that just wasn't a possibility for them. And they went into like four years of temper tantrums and shocks instead of accepting it and rolling with it. And I do think what you said is what we're going to have to do. But thankfully for, you, for us, we have people like you to shed some humor on these situations. You're not going to go away, are you? No. I mean, yeah. no, definitely not. I, yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, like, so when I, I've done a number of entrepreneurial ventures over my years, and when it comes to blogging, which is something that I've, that I've invested a bunch of time and effort into, the, the one problem that I always saw was that there was kind of always like a cap on on material. It's like, if you, let's say that you're a, let's say that you have a recipe site. It's like, you know, how many recipes can you make? It's like, you can only make a casserole so many times. And over time it's like, yeah, it's the season or whatever else, but you're kind of like recycling back and it gets kind of stale when it comes to a constant flow of information, which is what is a requirement of somebody that always is fresh. There's really only a couple of things that stay consistently flowing in the positive direction and draw attention, which is important when you're creating any media. And that's news. And news in general is one of those endless drip types of things. So politics and insane politics, which we are going to have plenty of, it's one of those things that like that will never end. So I think that there's a lot of promise of that always being fresh because 
they're not going to stop being crazy. Um, so I would like to think that in theory, I would be around for, you know, forever or the long term or whatever, <laughs> whatever, as long as I can, you know, as long as people like it. Yeah, Max, we need you. I say all the time that humor is one of the most underutilized tools for mindset, for adversity, for all of that. And I feel like the unfunnier a situation is, the bigger the need to find something to laugh at. Yeah. And whether whether it's appropriate or not, like you gotta you gotta just go for that. Maybe maybe sometimes just laugh about it in your head. But if you develop that skill, I think that's going to get you a long way. And I think that's what you're giving to a lot of people. You're giving people the opportunity to take a very stressful situation because for a lot of people, this is very stressful when you fully research and understand and see what's coming on going on and all. It's very stressful, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're giving us the opportunity to just let go and like just acknowledge the absurdity of it and just find humor in the absurdity. Yeah. Let's see. Pick pick one of your favorite. We're going to go into some of this absurdity now. Pick one of your favorite little quick nursery rhymes. What do you mean? Pick a Jack and Jill, Cinderella, stepmother, oh. whatever, uh, or nursery, not nursery, like a fairy tale, whatever, or a little story from your life. And I'm uh, going to tell you one you oh, can that's... tell in like a minute. Oh, I don't know. From Condense. my life? Your life, a fairy tale, a story, anything. So I'm gonna give you a challenge. A favorite oh. story you have to tell. Uh oh, geez. Oh, put me on the spot there. I don't know. A All right, Cinderella. Story. Okay, Cinderella. Okay, okay, Cinderella. Tell that story in 90 seconds without using any of the phrase that Nancy Pelosi has banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't right. know how like how you can't I, do it. No. This is a, right. that's, a, that's illegal. <laughs> You're right. not allowed that's to do legal. that anymore. <laughs> it is the absurdity of the situation. Imagine, like, if those laws become policy, or like that's where they're taking us. You're going to sit down. You're going to read Cinderella. You're not even allowed to read Cinderella anymore because right. uh, the chick who hooked up with and then married the guy that gave birth to me. Like, you know, you can't, you can't say stepmom or dad. You can't say like this is what we're facing. We're facing that absurdity, and if you can't. I know it's the thing that the thing about it all is it, as funny as it is, is that yeah. it's tragic that people that the vast majority of people don't pay attention to it. And that's right. kind of that was kind of the one thing that I think a lot of us that are kind of like in it for whatever reasons that we're in it, obviously, because it affects our lives, even though some people just are like, whatever, I'll turn a blind eye to it. I'll, I, I'm going to pay attention three days before election day, pick the guy that has the nicer smile, whatever. Right. Um, I think that the the sad part about all of this is that it doesn't affect you until it affects you and it doesn't affect you until you realize how it affects you. And this year of all years has been one of those times that it's just like, Hey, did you guys know that these guys and gals have the ability to change your ability to earn money, to take your freedom away, freedom that you never would have thought you would have lost to force you to be vaccinated, to do all of these things that you would have never really thought. And it's just like, it's so close now it just blows my mind that more people are not paying attention. And, and it's not even just paying attention. It's paying attention over time. It's kind of like meeting a person for the first time, knowing them for like a couple of weeks. You can't just make these life altering decisions. It's like, you kind of have to know how they move and shake over the long term of time. So people need to really pay attention to this because they're very, their very freedom and their very livelihood, you know, is at stake. And so what I'm trying to do among other things is, is kind of make it, cool and or slash interesting and or not black and white, not very stale to pay attention to these things that are really quite critical. And I try to use humor as the Trojan horse to bring you into like, Hey, are you guys like paying attention to what's happening in the, uh, you know, in the Congress? Because 
Like it's going to, it's going to be in your paycheck. It's going to be in your stock purchases. It's going to be in your freedom. It's going to be in what you're allowed to say, what you're allowed to do, where you're allowed to go. And, um, it's just kind of like, I don't know how else to sound the alarm without being like sounding the alarm. So it's just like, Hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of usher this in on a, on the heel of a couple of jokes and hopefully people start paying attention. Yeah. What is the kind of feedback? Are you getting feedback um, on your page? When I look, I don't really see much negative feedback. I don't see many people trolling you. I don't see that. Is that because they're not trolling you or are you removing it? Like how no. are you, how are you escaping that? Them? <laughs> well, um, I've only received negative feedback at really like two or three times where it was kind of like in mass. There's always like a few people that'll fire me off like a mean comment or a mean DM or, or they'll say some stuff. And most of them have been in the DMS, which has been nice. Um, in the comments, I just kind of like let them, if you're going to slang me in the comments, then all right. It's kind of funny. Other people kind of chime in and a lot of people kind of carry their own conversation. So, you know, I'm anti suppression of ideas. And if someone's just going to say, Hey, you're an idiot. All right. Like that's your right to say that. So I just, I'm not going to waste the time even removing things if I don't see necessary. Um, I definitely have gotten some negative stuff, but, um, nothing to the point where it's, it was expected. It's, it's, I, I kind of expected there to be a whole lot more of it, to be honest. So I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised that it hasn't been just an onslaught of negativity all the time. I've received a far out, far outweighing um, praise than, 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 than negativity. Yeah. And I hope you know how rare that is really, because, you know, ourselves and the other voices out there that are on the conservative side, we get like anything ranging from just the the trolls who just insult you up and down and call you all sorts of names to people getting doxxed and threatened yeah. and, uh, and called out and really serious issues being threatened, but you're managing, maybe it's the humor. I think it's hard to just be annoyed at someone who just makes you laugh because you're like really so absurd that it's just like the energy comes through and it's the silliness. So maybe you fumbled onto the secret to negotiations or something. Maybe we need to bring you so all these rallies and these talks, but you were at that rally, right? In DC, yeah. I was too. Yeah. It's, I think yeah. that, I think that the, I'm not, it's almost like you almost have to read between the lines a little bit. Cause it's not like, you know, the title of my video is not like Pelosi does X, right? you know, it's just like swamp creature ruins America, you know? And then it's like all these, it's kind of like interwoven into the, into the, the, the tail or whatever. So it's like, I'm not sitting here trying to give you like an objective delivery of facts, but if you're paying attention, you hear them, especially if you already know, you're just like, yep, that's it. So I think that it takes a little bit more work for them to see it. Cause it's like, if I just had a pure news channel and I was like, this occurred, this is happening. Right. Um, that analysis, that, that very objective kind of, kind of like straight line news delivery. I think that that stuff is a lot easier to tear apart. Whereas just like, if I'm making jokes and I'm like, Donnie ball game is a such and such. And I'm doing kind of like zany faces and, and, and outbursts. I think that it's just like, it takes more time to realize what I'm actually saying. And it's just maybe too much work for them at this point. But I mean, it's, it, you know, it's like, be careful what you say. Cause it's like, they're, they're always coming, you know? Yeah, they do. I mean, I'm not wishing it on you. I'm just actually commending Certainly. you on the fact that <laughs> yeah. the fact that you've managed to find a style where you're really conveying a message, letting people connect to you, but you're doing it a way that you literally have the least amount of trolls of anybody that I personally know who actually voices an opinion. And especially, even though you dance around it, you're really not very subtle 
in your subtlety. So, yeah. I mean, props to you. You really did find that magic formula there. It's thank you. It's pretty fun. It's fascinating to me to really see. I like something you said way back um, in one of your posts or messages too. You were talking about you shared an article uh, from some entrepreneur that advised people not to do any investing until they had a hundred thousand dollars saved up. Uh-huh. And you came at them and you were like, uh, no, this is why, you know, because you invested in stocks and all that. Can you get into that a little bit? Because I know there's a lot of people, you're probably going to connect with a lot of younger people as well, or maybe some even like less than young people who just have a little bit saved up and think that they're not able to invest it or make money and all that. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Wow. You really went, you really went deep. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So my thoughts on that are generally speaking and objectively, like to simplify it into a single sentence, why I even got to this point. When I was 18, I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life as a whole. So it's like, what is the most important thing in life? How do I think, find things that circle around that? Okay, most important thing in life is freedom. How do I be free? I need to be financially free. Okay, I need to learn about money. I need to care about money. I need to love money. Okay, in order to be financially free, I need to understand the economy. Okay, a little bit of research on the economy. How does the economy work? Why does it go up and down? Okay, government. Government helps the economy, money. Okay, now I, now I connected all these dots. and. And being financially fee and free and understanding money means that you realize that inflation, purely pure and simple inflation, cash is losing value by the day. So your money sitting in a bank account is losing money, no matter how you slice it, it is. So the only way for your money to not be losing money is for your money to be making money. And there's a variety of different ways to do that, whether it be real estate, assets, um, stocks, or, or whatever, you have to find a way to have your money work for you. So I realized that I need to have a way to make this money multiply. Buying real estate is scary if you don't know anything about real estate. Plus, it's a large investment. It's risky in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of paperwork and insurance and all these things that you need to know. So what I kind of figured is the the simplest and easiest, lowest barrier to entry investment that you can make, other than investing in yourself, obviously, in your own business and buying materials and equipment that you can help grow money on the side, is to buy stocks. Um, So I just... I got on E-Trade and I just was like, let me buy some stock in a company that I know, like, and trust. Um, so I would buy five shares of some stock, 20 bucks a share, 30 bucks a share, put in $100 and then put in another $100 when I had it. And instead of buying a watch or a new car or a new pair of pants or a new shirt or whatever the thing of the day may be, I would just try to set money aside knowing that it certainly wasn't creating any value as cash. And if I was to set it aside and allow it to grow and not go with the watch for a while or not go with whatever for a while that um, it would help me be financially free and thus free in general. And that would allow me to do, allow me to pursue and capture other opportunities as they came to me over time. So that proved very well when this opportunity came, I'm not really making all that much money making these videos, but I believe, and I see where it could take me. So I have the luxury of all of my investments and all of the time and effort that I've put beforehand has now given me the ability to pursue this opportunity. So it's, it doesn't have to make money right away. It can make money over time as it grows. And the only way I was able to do that was by making investments strategically over time in the past. That's pretty impressive for an 18 year old mindset. It's impressive for a 40 year old mindset sometimes, right? Like how did you, did you have somebody mentoring you? Did you go to college or did you just say, Hey, I did it just like descend on you like a bolt of lightning. Did you research? Like, how uh, did you get to Cause people teach, you just really gave a 90 second analogy of courses and workshops that I see everywhere. People teaching how to yeah. invest. Like you just really sh- narrowed it right down and laid it all, out, <laughs> laid it all out there. 
it was a it was a very very long and arduous journey through a number of different things and i think that being an entrepreneur is someone that is constantly looking for opportunities to capture so you know i realized early on that i need to kind of pick a lane when i was 18 i was like and the easiest way to that i always tell people to pick a lane is to figure out what you don't want to do so i was like i don't want to work outside i don't want to use my body i don't want to i don't want to do physical labor i want to use something that involves thought i don't want it to be location based i build a business here and then i move i'm now i'm beat um i don't want to have to be there i don't want to like even if you're a doctor and you make a thousand dollars an hour you have to physically be there i mean now with tele whatever but you still kind of have to be there so I was like, I want to be remote. I want to be autonomous. I want to be able to create my own value. Now I was like, well, where's the opportunity? How do I, how do I compete with a person that's got 20 years on me? And as I, I was always into building websites for whatever reason, it just interested me. And I remember giving information to a 45-year-old person about how to build a website and educating them. And I was like, here's my advantage. Now I can leapfrog ahead 20 years and I can be the internet guy. It's this early thing that I can, I could really be a force. If I start at 18, by the time I'm 30, you know, I could have a million dollars or whatever of dreams that I may have had. But I just was like, here's the opportunity. Here's where I could have an advantage. I'm getting in at the ground level. Um, I need to focus on working on the internet. Um, so the internet was kind of like the vehicle that would take me to the next level. Along the way, I was like, how do I not work for money? I would always pay attention and, and learn from YouTube channels and videos and, and people that I respected. And it was always like, never give up, always keep trying, invest in yourself, invest in as many things as you can, buy assets, buy cash flow. Um, and it was just this very long, arduous journey where I learned this over you know a 10 something year period. And I'm still learning today. I'm still trying to figure out the best place to get better personally and with money. Um, but the stocks, the stocks interested me because um, when I was when I was I think it was thirteen um, I was in uh, when I was in high school we had what was like a we had like a I forget what they called it but it was like a talented and gifted not talented and gifted but it was like a they called it some special word that didn't say that but it was like there was like fifteen or sixteen kids in my class that when everyone else had a free block we had this class. And it was kind of like the people that had high capacity, not that I was some genius, but it's just like, there's something different about this guy. And in that class, we bought fake stocks. We had a, this program where it had a fake stock portfolio where you got a hundred thousand dollars and you bought stocks and you tried to see who did the best over this time frame. And we bought stocks and things like Abercrombie and Fitch because we saw kids wearing it around the, around the school, American Eagle, stuff like that. But we bought stock in this technology company called Veritas. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It may not even be around. The symbol is ticker is VRTS. And it like, it went up like 140% in this three month span. And we came in second place out of everyone in our class. And I was so amazed by this and just watching it and watching it grow and seeing it come in and seeing that your selection ended up yielding this fruitful outcome was just a lesson. So I started buying stocks very early. I think when I was 19, I would buy stock in Timberland. I was wearing a bunch of Timberland. I had Timberland shoes. I loved it. I loved the logo. I'm like, I'm going to buy some stock in Timberland. And it just was kind of all this, always this thing where it's like, this is working for me when I'm not working for me. And it just was a really valuable lesson over time. And Ever since then, I'm like, let me buy a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And now my strategy is always like buy long hold. I buy something, I hold it, and I try not to ever sell it. And it's, it's done really well, especially considering the way that the stock market has been performing in recent years. What do, you, uh, do you have thoughts on the stock market in the next month? Well, what I can say is that 
it's the policies that that Joey Baseman and Krusty are going to put in are terrible. And for those who don't know, that's Biden and Harris. Their policies for buying stocks are terrible. Um, They want to put, they want to increase capital gains tax. They want to put taxes on purchasing and selling stocks, which is terrible. Um, Really only that's really, that's going to affect the, you know, the the small guy more than it's going to affect the big guy. But, um, and they, they are, they want to raise the corporate tax rate, which is going to lower the ability for a, a company to make more earnings. So it's very negative for the stock market. Just in and of itself, it's negative because when you buy a stock, what you're basically buying is the value of future earnings. You're saying that if the company makes a million dollars a year right now, I may think that this company is worth $10 million. So the stock, all the stocks divided up total $10 million. That's the market cap. If, if you think that if they're not going to make a million dollars anymore, they're going to make 900000 then that valuation has to shrink, which means that the stock price is going to go down, the market cap is going to go down, the business is worth less money because the future earnings value is lower. So I think that, I think that it's very bad for stocks. However, if you're not planning to sell in the next four years, then it doesn't matter. And if you believe in the company as a whole, then the value is not going to go up or down in the short term like that. Only if you're like buying and selling and day trading and things like that. Is it really negative for stocks? Absolutely. But since I'm planning to hold for the long term, um, I'm not terribly concerned about it. In addition to that, I know that the ability to predict the future with certain elements of life is something that I've been strong at. But the stock market has many different factors that inf- that 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 influence its value over time. And I'm not going to act like I know you know, I have a crystal ball about this stuff. I think that it's bad for future earnings, but to me, my money is much better invested in a stock than be than sitting in cash. And if I was to sell a position, let's say I sold a position that gave me $20,000. All right, now I have $20,000. Well, now what am I going to do? Wait until it goes down and then buy it? Because I, I don't have anything else to put it in. So it's like, once cash comes in, you kind of want to get it out. And a lot of us struggle with that. And that's the difference between people that are really wealthy and people that aren't. It's like, you should be broke in cash in a lot of ways, have enough, but be kind of broke in cash and have everything working for you. So to me, I feel like having stocks in general is a better position than cash right now. And as I'm focusing on this and a variety of other things, I feel that it's relatively safe there for now. And if I don't plan on selling for the next five years, then by then, hopefully Biden and Kamala will be change. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see, but I'm not too concerned and I don't want to make any rash emotional decisions. That's kind of like the anti, that's like not the smart play when it comes to stocks. <laughs> it's definitely not the smart play. And you know, Biden's going to be out in like less than a year. Oh yeah. It's, it's This is the Harris presidency. No, for sure. Um, yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so, but think of all We're the screwed. material you're going to have. I know. I know. As long as she doesn't arrest me for saying for saying stuff. <laughs> she might, she might, right? Or, you know, somebody will lock you down for whatever. In New York, by the way, they're considering a bill that's going to give Cuomo the right to detain anybody based on his suspicion that you're a threat to public health. Mm-hmm. I saw that extremely. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. We, we keep waiting for Snake Bliskin to come down and like save us all, you know, from New York and get us out of here. Um, because uh, you know, packing up and moving is not always the the option uh, with family life and all that. But uh, yeah, That's so there's crazy crazy things going on here, uh, in particular in states like mine, states like California, at least Florida. You have a little bit of a reprieve, yep. um, but you still have other elections to get through, and that could flip flop. You know, either either way, too. Every election is a gamble, right? 
what what would you like to see for yourself? Like, are you planning to go out on the road with your comedy um, once once going out on the road doesn't get you arrested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love um, I love like being around people. I love large scale events. I love mass gatherings. Um, like I love going to big music festivals with hundreds of thousands of people. That's one of my favorite things. Cause it's just like the energy is palpable. I like to go in, enjoy it. And then like get back and be and chill with the dog and hang out and, and, and be uh, at peace and, and, and just with myself in a lot of ways. So I think that, I think that that is in the cards for sure. I think that, um, what I've been trying not to do as it relates to this project, whatever, is, is try to do anything other than what seems logical in the now. And in a lot of my business ventures, I've always had these grand plans and schemes of where I thought this was going to be and this is how it has to be. But what I've been doing lately with this particular project versus, which is different than all my other entrepreneurial projects, is I've just been listening to, I've been listening to the feedback and what I would say is like the indicators, the signals. And it's like, people were beating my door down for merch. I didn't want to make merch because merch is an endless hole that usually ends up being not very fruitful in a lot of my other ventures. People begged me for the merch. I made the merch. They rewarded me with it. I sold 600 something orders of merchandise in the first two and a half months. And I'm so thankful for that. People are just like, hey, you got to do this. You got to make a podcast, whatever. So I'm just trying to react as the things come. Will that happen in the future? I think for sure. Um, but really, all I'm focused on is just continuing to grow the account and making more videos and having people that want to talk to me and are willing to listen to me. And I'm just leaving it at that for now. And where where the wind blows, I'll, I'll go when it makes sense. Um, but I don't know exactly what the future is. But to think that it won't be a live event seems kind of silly. I think that that's an obvious medium that people want to go experience something and I want to be in that energy. So that yeah. I think that's certainly in the cards. What other, do you have other platforms in mind if this whole censorship train trickles down and, and hits you? No, I mean, that's one of those things where it's just like kind of, it's like kind of gives you an uneasy feeling all the time. Yeah. It's like, could I wake up and my accounts just get clapped? I, I think that what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring enough artistic value to the message that it's kind of like, you know, the way that I, the thing that's given me a bit of solace is that there's a lot of accounts that are like, that are like point blank, Donnie, you know, right, Dominion, right, right. like, and people are yeah. like, you know, and, and yeah. it's when those accounts go that I'll start to get really concerned right. um, because I don't share any of the, like, I try to validate every single thing that I say. Um, but I think that my stuff is so creative that it's not, it's not just news delivery and it's not like this is fake news. It's like, this is a right. satirical, you kind of have to like, you kind of have to listen and like read between the lines to even get there. So I try to, I try to like skirt the, you know, skirt the, uh, <laughs> the whatever the master by yeah. adding some type of comedic and, and artistic merit to it that allows it to not be subject to those types of rules. But you know, who knows, you know, <laughs> I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. I've been trying not to put my mind in that space. Yeah. Well, sorry. Let's move on then from there. Um, next, next topic. Okay. Um, but I noticed like a lot of, a lot of people with uh, big platforms even follow you. You got like Kaya Jones, Tito Ortiz, like all these people yeah. are, are following you, which mm -hmm. uh, means that you're resonating on some deep level. And imagine, imagine just like you're giving everybody like a little gift to smile. I know when I'm going through worse times, 
dude, I was like cracking inappropriate jokes on the way to my husband's funeral. Right. Like just because like I was desperate to do anything other but cry or laugh or scream or acknowledge like what was going on around me. And obviously that's not a permanent solution. Right. But when you give somebody that ability to just take a breath and take a minute and take a heartbeat and kind of like refire, reconfigure how your circuits and your emotions are flowing. That's like often like gives a, okay. Like, you, you know, you, you take them off that lock from horror and tragedy and doom yeah. and gloom and you like shift them over here and you're like, okay, I'm going to go over here now. So that's really, it looks easy what you're doing, but I know it's not, <laughs> I it's mean, not. in, in some sense, um, Maybe when you get in your flow, you find your space. But how do you get in that space in that room? Because you got to be like in a zone to do what you do. Do you can you come back from like a really shitty day and be like, or does it is it, does it come easier if you're having a bad day than if you're having like what is the zone you need to get into? Well, I think that I, it's 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 always there's always challenges, and it's kind of like you never it's hard to anticipate and it's hard to um, it's hard to, it's hard to get through any difficult time. And, and like, but I think that what I, the message that I've been trying to give in a lot of ways, it's like a message to myself. And a lot of the things that I say are really kind of what I need to hear. And that's kind of the thing. That's the magic of it all is, you know, I used to write, I, I loved writing. And when I was in high school, I started writing and I wrote on my blog and stuff. And I would always write messages and it was, it, they were very much journal entries to myself. And I was like, you need to do this. And like, you should do this. And they very much, and at the end of every blog post that I wrote, I would always, I would always change the you to we. And it was just this kind of interesting thing where it was just like, we need to do this. We need to change our mindset. We need to do this. And it was like, it's you and I. And I think that the thing about the videos that kind of pulls me out of whatever struggle I may be going with is that this is probably just about the best thing that I could be doing. And it's like, imagine if I had to go and do something that wasn't this. It's like, oh, I got to make a funny video today. Like, shucks. So um, I think that that's the thing is just like, it's like, this is the dream in a lot of ways. When I built websites after having a bad day, nobody at the end of the day was like, good job, man. Like, that's great. Or like, you really made my day. No one said that. Yeah. And, and I knew that I was changing things, but I never really felt like I was making an impact. It was just like, and I've, I've used this example before. It's kind of like, I felt like I was building a brick wall. It's like, you need a brick wall. We need brick walls. And like, that's great. And like, you know, a well-built brick wall is just like, that's a great job on that wall. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody said thanks. It didn't make anyone's day. It didn't, it didn't utilize all of the magic that I always felt that I had. So if it's like, if I'm feeling down, other people are feeling down. It, 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 it's a lesson to me. It's saved as a moment in time. And then on top of all that, all the inbound feedback is a real boost. It's a real, it's like, I've met really cool people. I've gotten messages from really amazing people. I see people like you just mentioned following my account. I'm like, God, like what a, like I went from complete and total obscurity to what I would consider to be in the room with hitters. And that's kind of how I refer to them. It's like people that hit at a high level. It's like, if you're a person that, you know, is a, is a fitness athlete. You have a, you're operating at another degree of, of 
something. Call it intelligence, call it motivation, ambition, drive, whatever it is, but you're a hitter. You're, you didn't settle for mediocrity. You went out there and you went and did something great and people are rewarding you for that. So it's just like to think that that hitters would pay attention to me, that I could be a hitter kind of like brings me back up to the plate every time where I'm like, look, I have to not be in my feels. I have to not be feeling bad for myself. You know, whatever struggles I have, there are certainly greater ones and there'll be more to come. I just got to muscle through this one. Like I do, like, like I do with everything else. It's, it's just, it's that type of thing where it's just like, this is the best thing that just makes me be like, all right, I'm going to get up and do it. And interestingly enough, you know, especially with the live streams, that's the one that I do find to be one of the most difficult. Cause it's like, it's very like, here it is, you know, it's like, I'm on and people are here and they're ready and they're looking. <laughs> if I make a video and I don't feel right, I could, I could look at it later. You know, I don't have to post it, but the lives are the ones that are difficult. Cause it's like, all right, you know, I, maybe I'm tired or I had a bad day or whatever, but I, I get on, but you know, when you get on there and you see that 300 people are ready to go, you almost like you feel an obligation to, to bring the noise, to, to bring the heat. And, and, you know, if you look back in time, at really, at really popular figures, like I just watched that movie. Um, what's his name from queen. It's like, this guy was dying and he's like up there performing and, you know, it's like this guy was going through the the hardest struggle of his life and he's out here giving the performance of his life. Like he's out there doing what he loves as he, as his, as his life deteriorates away. And like, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's the obligation of the artist, the creative to, to, to show up and, and, and bring the energy when it may be difficult because people are in a lot of ways relying on you for that. And I feel that obligation and it, 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 it gets me back up whenever there's a tough time. Love it. So what would you say to somebody who's like, Bobby, I have this thing in me that I want to start, but I'm just nobody. Like, what's the point? I, Bobby, I've been doing videos for two months and nobody's Bobby. I've been doing videos for two years and nobody's mm -hmm. like, why should I keep like what, you know, if somebody came down and sat next to you and was dejected because they're not hitting that level that they, you know, they see you doing or other people doing, would you have any words for them? Yeah. So that was me. I tried to do that for the longest time. I mean, I tried when I made the real estate videos, like if you saw some of my real estate videos at the house, people, I was getting great feedback on that and people were loving them. And the day that the house sold, I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to buy another house. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't have any content. And I swear to God, I swear yeah. to God, I, th I thought of this. I was like, I need to do something to my house to... <laughs> I swear to God. And I, I, like, I bet, I bet. <laughs> I was like, I need to like build a pool or something so I can have yeah. a tear up. Like, oh, we got some sticks some blocks. Ah. Like, and I was literally just grasping it. Like, where could I go? Cause I, like I said, I was like out of material. This is the thing. This is the thing about, about videos that I never understood that in, in a lot of ways, I really never heard anybody say, but I think that the secret, if there were a secret, this would probably be the best one that I've got. And everybody's journey is different, whatever. You know, what do I know? I'm just this, this huge. But I think that this is the thing that I didn't understand. People, the, the, the key to growing my account and what I think is really the key to growing all accounts and really all businesses, at least as it relates to media, is people want, is, is making somebody want to share something. Why do I want to share it? The reason that you want to share it is because it's you saying it. People share what they can't say. People say, people share what they feel but can't articulate. People share things that make them seem smart to other people. They share things that will make them seem funny to other people. They share things that will 
that will let them bring value to others in the same way that that value was created for them. So like memes, for example, you see a funny meme, it makes you die laughing. You want to share that funny meme because someone is going to message you be like, that's hilarious. You're hilarious. I need you. That's so funny. You must be funny. So, and then, and then the, the other example that I give is like, think about like, think about music. When someone sings a song in their car, they're just like, I'm singing the song. I got jets and planes and I, you know, and I've got, and I've got all the money, I'm rich, whatever, or, or, or they're going through a breakup and they listen to like a, you know, a Halsey song and it's like, they're singing like you, you missed out on me. Like I I loved you and you screwed it up. You know, it's like, they're trying, they're trying to, they're trying to share something that they wish they could say. So if you make something that brings value to someone in the sense that that's what they would say, could say, wish they could say, want to tell other people that that's what they're saying. It has that virality of being shared. And that was the thing that was kind of the crucial point for me is like, people have sent me hundreds of messages being like, this is exactly what I'm thinking, but you put it in a way that I could never. You explained it in a way, you said it in a way, you delivered it in a way that I could have never delivered. And that's what I think is the key to social and the key to media and videos and music and podcasts and whatever. It's like, this is what I wish I could say. This is my voice. They are me. By sharing my content, they're telling everyone, this is what I would say. I'm just this guy right now. And I think that that's the key. I think that, you know, with my house videos, they were funny, but it's not funny to someone that doesn't know me, right? It's not funny to someone that doesn't invest in real estate. It's not people that loved my account were people that were construction guys. They're like, he called a, you know, he called a log, he called a piece of wood, a a Kenny Loggins. Like that's hilarious. So, (laughs) so people, people in construction loved it because they understood the struggle. Like, yo, these guys never show up on time, but people that didn't remodel a house or didn't, they were just like, you know, they can't connect. Yeah. Construction guys were sharing it, messaging me all the time. So the thing is, is like, if it's, if it's, if it's relatable to a mass amount of people and it's something that they wish they could say, a frustration that they feel, a, an intelligent message or, or, a, or a funny thing that they wish that they could articulate in that way, it makes people want to share because it's them. A, a, a rap song that says like, I got all the money, all the jets, I'm the man, like I'm the best there ever was, like, get at me. That's the type of thing that people are like, I wish I, I, wish I could say that. Like I'm that guy. I'm, when I rap these words, that's me. That is the key, I think, is make something that somebody else wishes that they could say. And here's the other thing, to, to, to second that, it's, you can't make something with that intent. You just have to keep it in mind that that's what makes it shareable. I never had that intent. I never was like, oh, I'm going to make this video about AOC and Bill Clinton and, and everyone's going to want to share this because it's funny. I was just frustrated and that was just my pure, raw delivery. Um, but over time, I've realized that it's that it's that someone wants to say this, but they can't, or they won't, or they don't know how to. That's what really gives things legs. So it's like if you're gonna say something, deliver it in a way that other people are like, "I wish I could have said that." Yeah, like here you go. That's something that's sharing, and sharing I think is the key, at least on these platforms, to to growing the accounts. Definitely, and I'm one of those people that literally just said that to you. I was like, Bobby, it was like you went right into my head, uh-huh. you came right out with it, and it's true. And a lot of people, especially when you have something like so bizarre that's hard to wrap your mind around, like the situation we're facing is so enormous, so insane, and so hard to believe that uh, a lot of people sit down and they're like, I, I don't even, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that comes out, you're like, ah, well, like, like, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> like what's going on in people's heads. It's like. 
what the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy, crazy. I've had like people coming to me, warning me to take all my stuff down. Cause I was at the rally. Like there's fear going on, like fear. Yeah. And you have to address the fear and by allowing people to do that with humor is a gift. I have a, one more thing um, I'm going to ask you before I'm going to get into you. I w- definitely want to talk about the hats behind you. You said one of them was your friends. I definitely want to give a shout out to your friends. You got his, his, his merch on, so it must be a good friend. Yeah. Um, but one thing, one reason we started this, you started with your your mission. We started with one mission. We've evolved into another. But really, we saw that there was just this wave of negativity that we thought was the worst we'd see um, a few years ago. We were like, oh, my goodness, we need to fix this right now. Like we were so dumb. We thought like just putting some content out, connecting with people was going to fix this. Right. But, uh, whoops, but we still, we still, (laughs) we still stand by that premise. And now we're joining like other voices like yours in your own way. Right. But one of the things that we saw come under attack, this hit me very hard in particular, my husband died in service this country and people were just giving up on this country and like cursing it out and blaming it for all those problems. And I realized the impact that was having on me, but when I connected with so many amazing people, that helped me reverse my mindset. So we wanted to connect the community with amazing people. One of the tenets that came under attack was the American dream. And we started to really dig hard and think about that. And all these people saying the American dream was a fallacy. It was only available to some people, the privileged people, the rich people, the lucky people, whatever. But we knew that's not true. We just know that they're interpreting that as saying the American dream has to be the same for everybody. And that's the key factor because the, in reality, the American dream is different for every single one of us. And that's what makes it so beautiful right. and so available to each of us. So with that long wind up and that long backstory, that's why I want to ask you, I just want to make sure you know why it's so important to us, why it's the core of what we're doing. And then I want to ask you, you know, what is your own version, Bobby's version of the American dream? Well, you mean like as it relates to me or what I think it represents it, to others? You, you could go for both if you want, but definitely as it relates to you. I think what what I learned in business in my all of my entrepreneurial ventures and the ones that worked and the ones that didn't is that well is that value value doesn't care about anything other than value. And Nobody cared how old I was when I was building websites. A good website is a good website. They didn't care that I was, uh, they didn't care about my gender. I mean, you could say, oh, he's this white privileged cisgender male. Like he, look at the, he doesn't know shit about this. Fine. I I didn't choose this. This is just what I got. So it's like, you know, you know, kill me. But it's just like, (laughs) I I realized that, that this in the same way that I would buy something. If I, if, if you have the best product or service and if you can create value for me, it would be stupid for me not to give you money. I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're young or old. I don't care if what your race is. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't know if you, I don't know what you're supposed to say. Preference or I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's oh, illegal. I, everything's I, illegal. It's, everything's illegal. Words are illegal. Thoughts are yeah. illegal. So I think that, um, I think that what I realized is that value cares about absolutely nothing but value and the ability for a business to succeed depends on its ability to find the best products and services and the best people at the lowest price that that deliver them in a way that is quick is timely is of quality and is reliable so nobody cared about anything that i had other than my ability to deliver value and i think that that's 
the lesson is it's just like if I was if I was black, if I was Hispanic, if I was a woman, if I was old, if I was young, if I was short, if I was fat, if I was tall, none of those things would have mattered. Because are you gonna not buy a website from me because of one of those reasons? And then you're gonna buy it from the next guy, you're gonna pay more money for it. That's a great way for you to go out of business because you're not making a decision based on the the health of the business, you're making a decision based on your pre your predetermined biases. And that's the type of thing where it's like the next business that buys that website from that person that you were biased against, they just got a cheaper website. They just got a better website for less, faster, stronger, better, whatever. That, that person's going to eat your lunch in business. And that's the thing is like, you understand very quickly that, that money is just an instrument. And the health of your business is like the health of a person. And it's just like, I need to make sure that I get the best things as quickly as I possibly can and reliably over time. And I don't think that anybody cares about the rest of that stuff when it comes down to that. So the American dream, I think, is very much alive and well. I would say that now is the greatest opportunity for anybody of all walks of life to have great success in the world, more now than any time ever in human history. And, and certainly here in America, more than any place in the world ever. Um, so I think that the American dream is very much alive and well, will remain that way. And so long as so long as free people have the ability to have more control of their money and where it goes, um, the American dream will stay very, very much alive. But I think that any any smart business owner knows that that any of those other things would just be getting in the way of your ability to grow your business. I don't care what you look like, where you come from, where you do, how you sound, nothing matters but the ability for the business to grow and be healthy and I think that that simple fact alone, that free market capitalism look, once you understand it from the other side, once you start signing the front of a paycheck and not the back of a paycheck, that becomes ever more clear because you're just like, wait a second, wait a second. What you thought about employees, like I remember I used to think about employees and I'm just like, oh, an employee, they're just employed, like, uh, you know, you must make it killing off them. That's hard. What about when the business has a downturn? You got to fire this person. You, you, you built a relationship with them. Oh, oh, you pay them $15 an hour. Oh, did you know that $15 an hour is actually $17.25 an hour because you got to pay their taxes. You got to pay. Oh, you want to give them a bonus on Christmas? Did you know bonuses get taxed at 40% a higher rate? You give them a $200 bonus ends up being 110. You look, you feel like an idiot. Like, ah, fuck. like, it's such a struggle. And then it's like, I got to come, I have to go and hit now to produce enough value for you to hit. So, and then when it goes down, if you have a bad day, if you come in tired, if you come in, if you had a, had a headache, if you go home early, I'm paying you at the end of the day, 150, 150, 150, 150 every day. So I think a lot of people underestimate the challenges of it all. And um, the, the American dream is very much alive and well. And if, if all of us could only understand that, you know, you don't know until you know, you don't know until you're in it, but this stuff is very, very challenging. And, um, I don't know. I went on a tangent there, but I do think that it's very alive and well. And I think that, I think that it will remain that way. Dude, you have a lot of really good lessons for people, man. I can keep it going all day, but I won't, I know you got to go, but I want to talk first about, about this merch. You got the Patriot shirt on, you got the Patriot hat behind you. You got another one, big blue. Let's hear it. So, so the Patriot merch is my friend, Ian, Ian went, um, his on Instagram, he's I Wenster, I W E N D. S T E R. Um, just a good, good pal. He sells a bunch of these Patriot shirts, just a great American guy a super nice guy, super intelligent. And I just connected with him through Instagram a few months back. We've done a number of live streams together. Um, I like the shirt. I like the message. I like him. I want to help, help support him in the ways that he's supported me. So figured I would rock it today. Um, 
this is the this is one of my hats. Um, so all of my merchandise is on bobbysauce.com, B-O-B-B-Y-S-A-U-C-E, bobbysauce.com. And I have a bunch of different varieties of different funny merch there, like shirts that say Jabroni and a lot of Donnie Ball game related stuff and um, some stuff about AOC and a bunch of a bunch of the other the other <laughs> cast of uh, cast of characters that we see out there with a lot of my sayings on them. And I actually do I do these interactive live streams once every couple of weeks where I'll tell people, hey what do you want me to put on some merch? I'll make some merch for you. Um, so just the other day I did one and we dropped a bunch of new merch and it's, it's been really fun, but it's all on bobbysauce.com. Awesome. You know, you, pretty much everything you're talking about, your business model and all that, it's all reverse wholesaling, but I've never seen it applied. I think of reverse wholesaling in terms of real estate or groceries, like in the models that I learned it from, but I've never heard it applied to content in the way that, in the way that you do it. So. It's what, like, do you, what do you mean by reverse wholesaling? What do you mean when by you that? find out what the you find out what the investor wants, and then you go get like you find ten investors who want houses in this county before you oh, go yeah. find the houses. So now you have ten people who want houses in this county, you're like, and then you go find the houses. You're like, hey, dudes, I got you know ten ten houses, and yep. and then you do it instead of going and buying the houses and then find the buyers, right? Um, and another, and so that's one model that I learned the concept of reverse wholesaling from. And people have also done it with groceries, like they find out what people want with groceries and they reverse wholesale. But I've never heard it you know, describe the way that you have in content, which is really interesting that you sort of just put it into formula, which makes it sound simple again, but I know it's really not, but it does give people a place to start with the concept. Like don't start, you know, find out what people want, right? Find out, don't just talk like, because you think, yeah, you know, because you're into like, nobody really wants to hear on and on about the five hours you spent with your aunt the other day, unless it has a message for them. Right. Um, so it's just a, no, exactly. Yeah. The the I I listened to Gary V a bunch when I first yeah. like started trying to figure out and navigate this world. And one of the things that he talked about is he's just like I'm always like in the pulse. He's like I have a good. He's like I got my finger on the pulse of what people are talking about and what's happening. And the thing was is I was already doing that. I was already looking at Instagram and all these Instagram accounts. I was already listening to Shapiro and and Stephen Crowder and We Are Change.org and Zero Hedge. And I was already already listening and consuming this content already. And by doing that, you realize what people kind of care about in the moment and in media or really in any business your currency is attention. And it's like, if the attention is there and your attention is there, and then you have some type of quick take on it, it's just like, that's a diabolical formula for reaching people. Cause it's like in the front, the forefront of their mind at that moment. So you mix that in with all of the other pieces and ingredients, and it just happens to create, you know, a good tasting, you know, a good tasting product. Awesome. Listen, if you have enjoyed listening to Bobby today, you should absolutely go over to his website, check him out, get some of his merch, Give some people a laugh just walking down the street. Give yourself a laugh getting dressed, right? Even if you're just sitting in your living room, because that's where a lot of people are are <laughs> hanging these days, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, hop it on, make yourself feel better. Definitely check out his Instagram page. It is really good stuff. I'm telling you from firsthand person, I was in the shit mood the other day, popped on. I'm like, I know it's going to fix this, right? <laughs> and I'm like, give me some of this. Yes. And so off we go. And so um, it really does. Bobby, thank you for helping me find some brightness and kind of refire my neurons in my brain here to get me focused on some other things when I need to do it. Um, never underestimate the value of what you're offering to people, um, even though you can't necessarily tangibly see it, it's bigger than what you can tangibly see. So thank you very thank much. You. And uh, check out, tell them, tell them your website one more time. So bobbysauce.com at take naps on Instagram, 
uh, Bobby Sausalito on YouTube and Facebook. Okay, perfect. Bobby, thank you so very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of the American Sippers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'd like to personally thank Bobby Sausalito for being here as well, sharing his story. If you want to learn more about Bobby, make sure you head on over to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. It's the featured podcast episode of the week. Uh, we do a little write-up on Bobby's story, and we'll also th- uh, throw in some social media links there that you can use to follow Bobby on social and on Instagram. There is no video version this week of this podcast episode, but again, go, go on over to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a five-star written review on iTunes. Use Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star written review. iTunes reviews are really important in helping us grow our rankings, um, get higher up in the uh, podcast charts, grow our audience, and get these stories and messages out there in front of more people. If you're not using Apple, Apple's not your thing, you can use podchaser.com, download the Podchaser app, and leave us a review there as well. Uh, again, don't forget to visit americansnippets.com. Check out americansnippetsapparel.com uh, for our patriotic t-shirts and apparel and merch. Uh, And don't forget, we also have our Great American Syndicate. This is our association of freedom-loving, patriotic Americans who care about the core values that our country was founded upon. We're all about self, family, community, and country. And we're giving away a t-shirt, right, a free t-shirt right now just for checking out the community. So go on over to greatamericansyndicate.com to learn more about that. Again, we appreciate you tuning in today and spending a little bit of your time here with us on the American Sippets podcast. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are. (laughs) 